When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. You see the three faces if you're watching live on YouTube or on Facebook Live. That's myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. Let me welcome these gentlemen. And Brian, what's going on? Hey, gentlemen, it's always great to hang out with you guys. I've had a rough week. I've been one fry shy of a happy meal all week long, but being with you two fellas, man, I'm feeling happy. <laughs> Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm um, debuting hat number two of three um, of the new lids. So I got the salute to service going on here tonight. And uh, move in, up. zoom in. I mean, that's the that's the Tomlin hat. Tomlin. Ah, nice. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, Steelers talk time. The Steelers did make a, a I guess, a move, if you want to call it that. They made the uh, Gennard Avery one-year contract official. We knew that news already. But then they also announced that they signed Carl Joseph to a one-year contract. I always call this an insurance policy, but does anyone see anything different? Brian, how do you view Carl Joseph returning to the Steelers? I love it because this is not the move that the Steelers are going to make at safety. So don't think that they're done. Don't think that this is Kevin Colbert's one safety away from being complete. But this is uh, this makes, with a guy like Miles Kellebrew there, a guy like Trey Norwood, you throw in a full-time Joseph and Joseph was not full-time because they got him very late in the game. And you know, my policy on that, there's a lot of guys that need that full training camp with the Steelers in the system. And we expect a lot of magic with a lot of versatility from what's going to be going on with Brian Flores and Terrell Austin. So I really like this, this signing as the BD, the bad piece of the puzzle. Dave, what about you? What do you think about Carl Joseph? I mean, he was a practice squad player last year that got called up a couple times. So to me, this would this it's more of like a futures contract that you get in January, but it was wise for someone um, with, with his draft pedigree and his years of service to see what else he could do. I expect both the Avery and the Joseph contracts to come in because they were one-year deals. The Steelers have been signing all two-year or three-year deals so far. I expect them to be the um, veteran salary benefit contract, which means – they they can pay them a little bit extra than the minimum, give them a little bit of a signing bonus, and they only count as 
on the salary cap as one of those salaries of a guy that's in their second season. If they, if they fit these requirements, they already have a couple of them. John Simon's one of them. Trey Edmonds is one of them. So in other words, they can actually pay them a little bit more and have them not count as much on the salary cap. If that's the case, they don't even crack the top 51. They count nothing. Um, they might not be those types of contracts. That's just what I'm expecting to see when they finally come out with the numbers. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, your latest uh, salary cap update had everyone's contract in there except for Avery and then obviously now Joseph, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And, and that was like $13.4 million remaining? It was 13, $13.45. Um, shockingly, I have the exact dollar amount on mine. I always round it, um, but I have the exact same dollar amount as what Over the Cap does, believe it or not. Um go. So I, we don't always line up because of various things, but the way I've been tracking it, it just so happened to be that way. But I don't expect either of those guys to actually count a dollar towards the salary cap if they end up with the type of salaries I expect. So I did not know this, uh, but speaking of safeties, we'll talk about this briefly. Uh, Tyron Matthew came out and said he spoke with Mike Tomlin. Take that for what it's worth. I was talking with Michael Beck as we were recording my Let's Ride podcast for Friday morning, and he said that Matthew wants to wait till after the draft until he signs. I don't know if that's factual or if that's just something that he heard. Can someone please try to explain to me why it would be advantageous for a free agent to wait till after the draft to finally decide? Dave, go ahead. Uh, he doesn't want to go to a team that then turns around and drafts a safety that he's got to compete with. He wants to know completely his competition by the time he comes in. That's advantageous for him. Not advantageous for the team. To me, if that's what he says, and I'm and I'm the Steelers, I say, uh, good luck. We've got to take care of the position before the draft. Okay, I, I th- there might be more to it than that, though, isn't it? Than just his competition. I mean, do you think there's anything to maybe saying he wants to see what the complete roster looks like? He wants his best chance to win a championship. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> that could be it too. What do you think? I think it's a little bit of both, but I kind of, I'm kind of swinging to Dave's side on that just for the fact, and I know you don't have an opposing side. All I know is what Dave's saying kind of makes some sense to me because it's almost like the situation, you don't want to get into a situation where you're dealing with what you had last year with number eight coming in, not being happy at line at the edge rusher position. And you don't want to be in a Melvin Ingram the third situation where the guy's competing and he's looking at some other things. So this lets him look at the entire landscape and say, all right, no, this is the perfect situation for me. But the problem with that is that has a lot of me in it. And I know me's in team, but the problem with that me is the fact that is not what's best for the Steelers or the organization that he signs with, that means that you're going to be dealing with possibility of other stuff. So, you know, good luck out there. We're going to form this team the way we need to form this team right now. I can, I can see both sides of that, to be honest with you. And I don't want to talk about Tyron Matthew really anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm kind of sick. I was going to say because I could ask a, I could ask an interesting question. Sure, about that. Hey, let's get it all out now. Well, for 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 people that are comparing, you know, I, I saw this in the comments at behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I wish I could remember who said it so I could give them credit, but I don't right now, so I apologize. But they said the notion is, you know, you got Terrell Edmonds, you could maybe try to sign. You got Tyron Matthew, you could sign. The difference between the two is Matthew might be on the decline of his career based on his age and everything, while Edmonds could still be on the incline. If you're looking at doing a, you know, a two or three year deal, at what point are they switching places on where you, on, on their production? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's an interesting thought from, for you guys. Are you more of the, Hey, sign the guy that, that that's producing at a high level now, even though he's, you know, further along than what Kevin Colbert said that he, they like to get guys coming out of their rookie contracts or still young, things like that. Or you, um, okay, you know, do you want the, the known commodity that you're hoping continues to improve, but isn't an upgrade over what you had last year? Brian, what's your thoughts on that? You know, sometimes I like the mix of both. I uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I want that big splash, but not mm-hmm. all the time. But if you can't get an Edmonds, if you, which I really think they can get Edmonds back at this point. And I love seeing everybody now having Terrell Edmonds as a priority for the Steelers, where they never did before. That guy was the whipping post of Steeler Nation for the longest time. And I I love, I see it in the live chat, sign Edmonds. And so I love that idea for that. So if you get an opportunity to get that Miles Jack, that younger guy to bring in that doesn't have, is it on his sixth contract like Kevin Colbert was talking about? You probably want to do that, but I am never opposed to going out and getting that final piece of the puzzle like a Von Miller, you know, like the Rams did, and it worked well for them. Well, let me ask you all this question. This kind of is a good segue into our topic. Do you think that it's still possible? And I asked this to Michael Beck on my show for Friday. Do you think it's still possible in this current modern NFL era to win consistently with an average quarterback that doesn't kill you, the good running game, and a stifling defense from top to bottom? Dave, what do you think? Wow, that really is a good and deep question because – I would have said three years ago, of course, as much as the game has changed over the last three seasons with these prolific offenses, I can't say for sure, which tells me because it's growing in that way that maybe this year it it, it won't anymore. Or maybe you then get a, a reset where it would. I, I can't say that for sure anymore because of these big prolific offenses. I will say this before they changed the recent overtime rule, you had an advantage of having that stifling defense because even if the other team took the ball, you're still putting a great unit out there. Um, So for those kind of things, I thought that was that having that great defense is, is nice, but I just, in this day and age of, wow, even 13 seconds, you're not safe from giving up a field goal. I don't know that, that the stifling defense can get it done. You could shut a team down for 59 minutes and all it takes is a couple plays and they're right back in it. Brian, what do you think? Is it possible in today's modern NFL? It is still possible. Possible, but it's not as likely, but 
I, I'm taking this from Suave Al in the live chat, and I'm going to agree with him. Tennessee did it with a number 22 from Alabama, like the Steelers have. They did it with a guy that underwhelmed elsewhere in Ryan Tannehill. And I know you're probably tired of me saying Ryan Tannehill, but that's why I still think the Steelers are in very good shape because of the fact that they have a game manager and probably one of the best backs in the game with a revamped line. Uh, so I think it's possible to have that strong running game and that strong defense and still be a competitor. Yeah, Can I ask, I want to ask Jeff about the question itself. I'm trying to remember. Did you say be competitive or win the Super Bowl? I said to win consistently because okay, I, win I, I had said, and I said this you can, on, yeah, you can win consistently. I said it's really on, hard to get all the way there. Though. Right. I said this on the, the podcast with Michael. I said, you can win games that way. I just don't know if you can win it all that way. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think percent agree with that. I don't think the, the Trent Dilfer Baltimore Ravens is a, is a thing that, that you could do anymore in today's national football league. Go ahead, Brian. Look, let me ask you this. Let's go back two years to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I know he had a good season there, but Tom Brady isn't the superstar quarterback that he once was. My question here is still, still really they kind of did good. it. <laughs> yeah, still really good. Still really he, he good. Said, like career marks but, last year. <laughs> well, I'm talking about two years ago. And okay, I guess I'm he sorry, did real yeah. well then too. But all I'm saying <laughs> is they had a they had a strong running game yeah. with Fournette there they did they had a, a very a stifling defense and they didn't have to do it all on off offense if I'm wrong just just click me off the page no. and I'm fine because I might be overstepping and reaching but I'm thinking that I don't know, think you need that absolute superstar anymore but I think if you have if you're good at all three if you're good at quarterback or decent at quarterback and you're great in the running game and you're great on defense then you're fine See, I I agree, but at the same time, look at last year's playoffs and all those close games. You know, not not the Steelers. Look at the look at the week after the Steelers and throughout. Look at all those games and look how they came down to the wire and look how they were all close and and, and of that nature. If you look at a team then like the Baltimore Ravens that were like, we want to try to play defense. They kind of struggled with it last year. They want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Are they? If you're not set up. To where to, to where if you can't turn around and score quick, that's really tough in today's NFL. Just the way it, it's based, unless you are going to never let back and never play prevent defense and put pedal to the metal with 13 seconds left in the game, rather than sit back and let someone pick you apart. That's what it would have to take. You would have to have a completely different philosophy. But we've seen so many times that what happens when you're that running team and good defense. When you get down two scores, you're in trouble. You're completely out of your game. So I could that's just the the flip side of the of the question that you can get it done, but then when the it's the opposite of if you, if you have it the other way where you have this big uh, prolific passing offense at your idea score score score, you can come back in any kind of situation. If you're just play defense, run the ball, the game has to play out your way the entire time. And on top of that, it puts an immense amount of pressure on your offense in specific situations, mainly third down. <laughs> First um, drive of the game. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Red, the, the red zone. 
because you don't understand how, you know, this isn't, if you're, like you said, if you're a team that can move the ball up and down the field, you're going to get plenty of opportunities to score points. Points might be at a premium if that's the other way around. And so let's get to, and this is all leading up to the question of today's show, which is the Steelers are going to want to run the football and they're going to do it in a multitude of ways. Trubisky is going to run the football. They're going to have the jet sweeps, but Najee Jerome Harris, as we call him (laughs) on this podcast, he's going to be the workhorse again, whether they get another uh, running back or not. I'd love for them to get a guy like Marlon Mack or someone like that, that could potentially be on the chief. That could be a good uh, RB two for him. But still the question is, have the Steelers done enough so far to really help Najee Harris last season? He was, it seemed like I feel like the word engulfed was a really good way to describe what he faced whenever he touched the ball, especially early on in the season. I mean, he was having to dodge two to three defenders just to get back to the line of scrimmage. And everyone that has two eyes and a brain knows that they needed to make some changes. So let's talk about everything from the coaching staff to the roster and free agency. Have the Steelers, in your opinion, done enough? Let's talk about players acquired first. Okay, so we're talking about Mason Cole, re-signing Chooks for Dan Moore going into year two, Kevin Dotson into year three, bringing in James Daniels. Dave, we'll start with you. In terms of players acquired, have they done enough? I think they've done enough through free agency. Okay, that's a good answer. Well, I, well enough. I'm not, I'm not even going to say they've done more than enough. They've done adequately, assuming everything works out the way you hope it does and that all the players that they've acquired on offense live up to what we expect going in, which we know very well could not happen. But the reason I say so far through free agency is I don't think they should be done. They should also be reloading with some young players through the draft as well. So if they leave it just as free agency, and let's say they don't even draft another offensive lineman, I think that's a mistake. You need to start also getting, you know, I'm not even saying you have to go first pick. I'm just saying you you also need to have some other people to then cycle in through there and continue to build, not just for 2022, but even for 2023 and 24. Okay. So you think they've done enough? Brian, do you agree or disagree? Phase one is free agency (laughs) and phase two is the draft and I think that they are following the script that they intended to follow. So I think for what they've done so far, yes, I I do. And Dave just, what Dave just said, I really, I really subscribe to. Now the signings that they made, if they go well and you sign these guys because you expect them to go well, they're the, they're the pieces that you have identified. And if you identify right, then you expect them to work. So right now, what have they done? They Their biggest problem was there's no holes for Najee Harris. You know that Najee Harris is something that they are definitely looking at as a superstar on that team that could carry this team, like a Derrick Henry, because he was getting cracked behind the line of scrimmage and taking a three, four-yard loss and making it a one, two-yard gain. So now they went out to get those guys to help give him holes. And when they get protection as well, when they fix that offensive line, you bring in the quarterback that is enable this team to rely on a running back that is going to carry the ball 25 to 30 yards a game. And that's what they're intending to do. That's what they seem to want to be doing. 
So with that, you have the right quarterback for right now, and you have the right offensive line for right now. You're going to finish that up in phase two. That's kind of what you expect to do. The, if we if it was all done right now, if acquiring players was done right now, I would say no, because you still need to do that. They might be looking at a, another running back in the fourth or fifth round, or you mentioned bringing in a Marlon Mack. I'd bring in a guy. I would like to bring in a guy like Tariq Cohen, you know, a guy like that, you know, where you can get on the cheap. You need to address the wide receiver position. And definitely I'm going to give a plug to uh, tomorrow's here we go. The Steelers show where Kevin Smith talks about position by position and Kevin Colbert's comments and how close they are to complete. And he believes that they're going to be doing a lot in the draft to bring in wide receivers. You're going to see a wide receiver coming in high. So you need some help, but in the tight end position, you have plenty of help for Najee Harris in the tight end position because you have Pat Fryermuth and you have Zach Gentry who they expect to be to using a lot as far as those two tight end sets. And they expect an even bigger jump from Zach Gentry, a guy that can block that helps Najee Harris. So they're on their way. They're not there yet, but phase two is not here. Well, we're just looking at phase one because that's the only part of this off season. Mm -hmm. I, I think they've done a tremendous job to be honest with you. I mean, James Daniel, Daniels, my apologies. Um, great, great addition can play both sides. The versatility that they've built in, in the interior is what I've liked the most. And I'm going to throw Kendrick green into that as well, because Kendrick green and Mike Tomlin said this down in Florida for the league meetings last week. It was essentially that they're going to use him as interior offensive line depth, not just a center. He's going to have an opportunity to compete there, but they've brought in good competition. They brought in some uh, experienced players, both Cole and Daniels. I like what they've done, and they've, they they haven't gotten ridiculously older. Like with Trey Turner, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Let's let's also look at the coaching staff, though. New offensive line coach to help with those offensive line men, Pat Meyer, the assistant. I don't even know, <laughs> not even <laughs> sure what his name is, but Pat Meyer is the new offensive line coach. Um, still, Matt Canada. Offensive coordinator, you hope that the offense is going to look different. Dave, what do you think about on that that aspect of the Najee Harris spectrum? Well, yeah, that's to me, it's kind of more of the of the wild card. You know, how are things going to look with Pat Meyer? How are things going to look with Isaac Williams? There you go. Yeah. Um, with with the offensive line, you've it really is one of these situations where does it work? You could have. A, it could work great. And those of us optimistic Steelers fans are looking at James Daniels coming in and being a great addition. People are looking at, at Mason Cole being a great addition. Oh, the, the offensive line coach, even though it wasn't a name that people knew, oh, it's going to fit Matt Canada's system. You can say that and everything can be sunshine and rainbows, but it's got to actually translate to on the field and i think that's the biggest wild card of you need to have a good room between the players and the coaches and we're not going to know if they have a good room or not we don't know if they had a good room last year we we really don't we don't know how much other than seeing coach Clem getting dunked on by ben roethlisberger you know we we don't see much of anything with the room yeah. so it's one of those 
cautiously optimistic moving forward. And I will say once again about Mason Cole, the best scenario for the Steelers is that he doesn't get a starting job, not because he's not good enough, just because other players are playing better. Yeah, that's a good point. Brian, what do you think about the coaching staff and some of those uh, tangible things that are not player related? You know, I think that they were very well thought of decisions that, you know, like I said, we don't know. We don't have the scouting department. How many besides like Dante Scarnecchia and uh, how many names do you really know of linemen, line coaches? I know, you know, Munchak, you know, but Mm -hmm. you don't know a lot of these names and you don't really know. Some people look at, you know, they know Andrew Wilbar knows the 75th ranked (laughs) offensive lineman. And, you know, he knows who that is. And he he probably knows the 75th ranked punter. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, he really does. But, but no, nobody's scouting, you know, available offensive line coaches out there. We we know the big name and we're like, oh, we need the big name. So anytime you bring an offensive line coach that isn't like a uh, former superstar or a former coach, somebody that you know, if, if you're not bringing in Joe Bugle or Mike Munchak, then you're, you don't know who these guys are. And you've got to hope that they did their homework and you expect this team to do their homework. Dave said something, Jeff said something that this was built around Matt Canada and built around the system. So if you're going to get Matt Canada's system to work, you've got to give it the right parts. You've got to go ahead. I mean, look, if you buy the Ferrari, one, you got to make sure that you could put the gas in it, and you've got to make sure you've got the owner's manual and know all the accessories and all the parts that you need. You don't want the aftermarket parts. You want the right parts. You might have to get factory parts, but you might have to get that part you've never heard of before. Oh, I didn't know a splinter valve. I mean, that's not that's not anything. But I didn't know a splinter valve existed. But you, they know. That's the left their phalange. Job to know. Oh, sorry. It's our job. To, <laughs> what was that? Said the left phalange. The left phalange. The left phalange is not working. Oh, no. Get off the plane. But all I'm saying is we're not – we need to be sheep when it comes to the offensive line coach. We need to believe in the receiver coach. I mean, like, everybody knew who Ike Hilliard was. But when Ike Hilliard's gone, they think, oh, Ike Hilliard's probably going to do a good job because he's a name. But the thing is – they know the non-names and how many guys as coaches have been non-names that became names that you can't live without after you get to know them. And so that's what I think the Steelers have done well with. I trust that they're doing due diligence and it seems like they do really well. Now they got a name. They definitely got a huge name in Brian Flores. And that's a huge name, but that kind of works. It worked. And if it did, it wasn't going to work for what they're going to do. They're not going to do it. So I'm really, I'm just as excited about the coaching moves that this team made than I am some of the players. And I'm excited about the players. I was just going to say, remember, were we really all that excited about new tight ends coach Alfredo Roberts last year? But then look what happened. Everyone was very happy with rookie Pat Freremuth, and everyone really talked about, uh, they were really surprised about well, not everyone, but most people 
looked at how, uh, how surprised they were with Zach Gentry and the, the steps that he came along in order to help the Steelers last year. You know, you've, you've got to also realize that was with a new tight end coach that people didn't really know much about and thought he was maybe just a cast off. Good point. So let's go to the next phase. Brian kind of already went after this a little bit. So I'm going to go to Dave first. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Where do they still need to add help? We know the draft's the next phase, and there's still going to be free agent additions both before and after the draft, leading up to mini camp and all the way into training camp. But still, if looking at the draft, what are some positions you think will really help Najee Harris? Because that's the title of this podcast, Dave. A wide receiver. Okay. Believe it or not, you know, because if if you don't have the threat in the passing game, that's been the problem with the Steelers the last couple of years is the only thing that they had was a short passing game where if you're trying to sit on that, you're also sitting on the run. And you talked about the Steelers have been able to run the ball. Well, teams have been stacking up to not let them run the ball. So if you have more of an attack in the passing game, they already they already have a nice tight end. They Najee can do well out of there. Now, now you've got multiple quarterbacks fighting for the job who hopefully can get the job done, but you're, you're a little bit lacking now on in the receiver department. So getting a, a good quality day one or day two receiver in the draft is what I'm looking for more than anything um, that could really help him out. Brian, and you kind of talked about this earlier, but I'll give it back to you to let, let give you a chance to answer it. Helping Najee Harris is not just on the offensive side of the ball. So when they brought in Miles Jack and they brought in Levi Wallace, that helps Najee Harris because the defense is going to uh, give them more opportunities to uh, not have for your team not to have to just be scoring on every single drive as well. So that's a very important thing. Dave also touched on something earlier that, you know, they're setting themselves up for 2023 and 2024 as well. And these moves that they made help them do that. And that helps Najee Harris in the future. Wide receiver is paramount. It definitely is. I can see in my little black and gold brain, I'm thinking that we're going to party like it's 2010. And you're going to see a second or a third round pick where they went in the third round, Emmanuel Sanders. And in the sixth round, they went with Antonio Brown. Now, granted, they had 10 or 11 picks back then. They had a lot of picks. But I could see them doubling up on wide receiver in the draft. I could see them bringing somebody else in. But phase two doesn't mean that phase two is just the draft either. You know, they might be playing a honey badger and waiting to see after the draft who they need to bring in then too so and that is you're going to see another wide receiver and everybody is talking about oh you only have two receivers but don't forget anthony miller and what he has done in his career with mitch trubisky and he is going to be one that going to get a he's going to get a huge look in training camp as well so that's a guy to really consider so what they need to do is they basically need to fill two spots. You're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, like I said before. Zach Gentry is going to have more balls than he's ever seen. And Pat Fryer is going to have a lot of balls. And you're going to see a lot of balls coming out of the backfield, going to not only <laughs> Najee Harris, but to a guy like a uh, 
a third down running back or a guy like a Tariq Cohen or a Marlon Mack or someone else that could you could bring in. Which, remember how valuable Veron Haynes was catching the ball out of the backfield when they needed him on third down too. So there's there's going to be plenty of balls for wide receivers, and but there's going to be more wide receivers trying to grab onto those balls. <laughs> People always ask me how I can teach middle school, and it's because I have the maturity level of a middle schooler. And so when you... <laughs> A lot of targets out there. We'll put it that way. There's a lot of targets out <laughs> a lot there. Of targets. Be a lot of well, passes thrown. Jeff, I do that for you too. This is why I do that because I am a I'm a, the equivalent to a middle schooler. And there so you if go. you can get through that conversation with me, then I know that I'm helping you in your career. You learn really early in your career that you can't stand up in front of middle school and say, okay, everyone go grab your balls and let's play. It doesn't pan out. Here's a question. A dollar. <laughs> a lifelong fan of seven gives us a dollar 99 says what is the Steelers most pressing need now this is not speaking specifically to Najee Jerome Harris or the offensive running attack this is just in general what would you say is their most pressing need Dave as we sit here right now it's the 25th starter they need yeah. that strong safety that's that's obvious now if you take that out of the equation then I think their biggest need is that they need to, to need to continue to build their their wide receiver room. Okay. I looked at offensive line before free agency, but then they added two there. I still think they should do something, but I don't well, think that's as important as those. Where do you have. put tackle on that list, though? I mean, I, I think they could add a tackle if yeah. you know. I mean, oh yeah, tackle. absolutely. Uh, that would probably be my next one. That'd okay. probably be, be. I know some people want to say, you know, uh, a buck linebacker. Uh, I just, I don't know that they, that that's, they're going to be their defensive philosophy moving forward to have that, that type yeah. of linebacker. Now, if, the, if that is what they want to do, then they need that. Right. But that's what, that's what the Steelers are having to decide. And I don't think they're tipping their hands right now. So, okay. Brian, what about you? The most pressing need. So, gentlemen. 2021 was such an important draft for this team and they could not afford to blow that draft and going into 2022 all we heard all we've been hearing is they cannot afford to blow this draft i don't expect them to blow this draft but like i said earlier and like dave intimated as well you know they do not need to go all in for 2022 in the draft they can keep it going because the free agency moves that this team has made have put them in the p- position where they are not as desperate as they were three weeks ago so with that being said the pittsburgh steelers are in a position right now where they could go for that vaunted BPA, best player available. They need a wide receiver badly. They definitely need to address that. Dave's right. They need a safety too. So I'm just going to shut up and I'm going to just say WHS. What he said. (laughs) There you go. Let's uh, let's get this uh, super chat up here. Blake Literal, I guess, maybe. Literal. 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 There you go. And he said, who is your dream draft wide receiver? And why is it, is it Olave? Chris. I don't know. I don't know this player. So Brian or Dave, if you know, go for Ohio it. State University. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's so funny. But as much as I say the Steelers are going to need to draft a wide receiver and take them, you know, maybe like a day two pick. I don't know any of them. 
I don't know any of them right now. And you want to know why I don't know any of them? Because the Steelers always draft wide receivers that I don't know. So I don't even bother. I just let them do what they do. Because if I start to think that I'm going to know better than what they're going to do with drafting wide receivers, then I'll end up in trouble. Well, not only that, you look at the Steelers' free agent frenzy of activity. We've all been digesting those new players. And I think that's, at least for me, that's deterred me from really looking at a lot of these prospects that are out Mm -hmm. there now. And I haven't even looked at the wide receivers yet. But Brian, what do you think about that player since you seem to know what he's about? Chris Chris Olave's great. Or Olive, I'm not sure how exactly to pronounce it. Brad Jewett is saying Um, Olave. Olava? Olave, 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 um, uh, you know, I, Yinzers I will love really... this name if they draft this guy. <laughs> yeah, Olave, he's going to see Olave, and you know that Gunner Ushaluski and Olave, man, lots of O's down here at Heinz Field and that. Uh, you know, I love, and Doc Holiday put it down there. I love. I've got this guy's my Anthony Schwartz of last year. Christian Watson, I love this guy. I I really think, I mean, he's big, he's fast, he goes over the middle. He's a guy you probably get in the second round, maybe in the third, but I doubt it because I think his draft stock is really rising. He's not a first rounder. I expect the Steelers to be the Steelers and go with a number two pick at wide receiver. I I really, because they can, one, they can afford to do that. They know how to cultivate wide receivers, so they don't have to go first day. I think they can go second day. There's a guy, though, that, and it's not Oleve. It is a guy that I've got a little bit of a crush on. It's the limit, right? What's that? Is it the limit? The limit. The sky is the limit. Oh, I love Sky Moore, too, but (laughs) that's a good name, you know. Here's a guy that that it's Jamison Williams from Alabama. Oh. Okay, yeah, he hurt his Achilles. They're expecting mm-hmm. a full recovery of this from this guy, but if this guy falls to number twenty, you just put them together and say, "All right, hope he's healed," and you pull the trigger. I he's a potential superstar from Alabama. We see what Alabama wide receivers can do, and I expect him to be fully healed, and I expect him to be fully healed for the the start of the season. So yeah, I would go ahead and take a flyer at number 20 on a guy that is a little banged up, but we're not talking a knee here. Is it Achilles? It's not a, it's not an ACL. It's an Achilles. Am I correct, Dave? I don't know. Uh, that's college football. I'm pretty sure it's an Achilles. I'm sure someone (laughs) in the live chat will let us know. But Hey, was the, was the draft that you mentioned with the Young Money crew, was that the last time the Steelers drafted two receivers in the same draft? Not counting no. undrafted rookies? No, because the, they took Justin Brown in 2013, former Penn State guy out of Oklahoma, and I think they took – did they take another one that year? Uh, maybe not. Uh, I literally just did that article for today, and I do not remember <laughs> I have the all-time of the draft here. Of the so 2013 which draft. What, what year, Brian? 2013. So 2013, I, I think I'm wrong. Marcus Wheaton in the third. Oh, and, and they took and Justin Brown Justin in the Brown. sixth. Yeah. yeah. I thought I remember two wide receivers. I just couldn't remember. Wow, they the did it in was. 2014 as well. Martavis Bryant and Dre Archer was listed as a wide receiver. No, that's not that's a jury. That's pro football reference. That's pro football reference. You know who they re- <laughs> they had Jalen really Samuels as a tight end. 
<laughs> well, he kind of was. You know who they really wanted and they missed out by one or two picks in 2013 in the third round? They Their consolation prize was Marcus Wheaton, but they were this close to Keenan Allen, and they were going to take him. They, uh, they were high on Keenan Allen. Marcus Wheaton never panned out. What a yeah, that's pretty much as a bust. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. So, <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, they were in the same draft class. That was 2010. Um, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get to trivia? Oh, here we go. Tate Boys gives us $4.99. Hey, Tate Boys. He said, Check him he, out on Sundays. Good yes, stuff. He, I like Oleve from Ohio State. Craig Oleve. For sure. 4-4 four, four speed. Last time we drafted an Ohio State wide receiver in the first round, it went well. That was Santonio Holmes. It went well because he caught a touchdown, but at the same time, he also didn't last in Pittsburgh either. So that's that's a catch-22 in my opinion, but still. Uh, now remember, but they traded him. Yeah. They sent and they got a fifth round pick from the oh, Jets. This is this is Dave's yep. finding then the they, then they took that fifth round pick and traded back. They traded to the Cardinals, got Brian McFadden back. The Cardinals picked John Skelton, and the pick that the Steelers got in return in the sixth round from the Cardinals was Antonio Brown. So Santonio Holmes led to Antonio Brown. I love that story. I, <laughs> I, I just asked Dave about that story the other day. Yeah, here's my only thing: the Steelers cannot pick Olave because Jeff will just call him Jerome because he's like, I'm not. I'm not trying to pronounce that. Name. That's not true. <laughs> who is who is the last player drafted from Ohio State by the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh my gosh, there's been so many. Uh, it wasn't Hayward, but they've had so many. Cam uh, Hayward was, was a long time. Oh, Ryan Shazier. Wrong. No, was, was there someone sent Shazier? There was one. Uh, Mike Adams was in 12. Ryan Shazier was in 14. The year after that. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Duran Grant. That was the last yeah. player in 2015. 2015. They haven't drafted a Buckeye since 2015. Jeff, okay. you need th- this is this is segue into trivia right now. Let's do it. Okay, well then let's go. That was my trivia. I went. Okay. Well, no, this is segue into my <laughs> trivia because we're going to talk about you're going to talk Jeff. about Steelers <laughs> and we're going to talk about colleges, but not necessarily drafted. Good, this is the, the question. <laughs> I'm going to give you the name of a college, and you're going to tell me which member currently on the Steelers roster played at that college. Okay. All right. I'll give you an easy one to start, and we'll just you know, and we're I have ten of them actually. Okay, an easy one to start is is uh, who's the player on the Steelers roster who played for Rice? That's uh, Chris Boswell. Correct. That's Chris Boswell. That was the easy one. Christopher got, Lynn. Yeah, Christopher Lynn Boswell. C-O-B. Got another easy one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hawaii. <laughs> That's an easy. One. That's an easy one. Yeah, it is. He's very suave. Rico Bussy. That's Rico Bussy. From, I forgot about old Rico. From Hawaii. Okay. Um, Akron. Uh, Akron? Yeah. Ulysses Gilbert the third. I was going to say Shannon would love this one. It is UG3. Okay. Tulane. Tulane. Wow, I thought I was going to 
be great at this. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, bring it on. Uh, what are their line? Is it a lineman? It is offensive lineman, and it is John Leglue. It would be John Leglue, JP Lossman. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, some of these aren't so bad. This one should be all right. Youngstown State, Ed O'Neill. All these Mac schools. Um, Ed O'Neill went to Youngstown State, and I'm and I'm doing all these of players you guys would know. I'm not asking the guy that was signed to a futures contract that wasn't even on yes, the practice. Please, I'm not. Do I'm not doing those. Okay, Youngstown State. I, I know. I know that. Uh, no, it's not Spillane. Uh, Spillane went to one of the Michigans. Mm-hmm. Even like uh, Western Michigan, I think. Along with Jukes of I don't know. Okay. Offense. We talking another lineman here? Nope. Spent time on our practice squad to main roster. Back and forth. Settled in and more on the main roster at the end of last season. This is an offensive player. That would so, be uh, Cody White. That would be tight end Kevin Rader. Ah, okay. Was from Never would have gotten that. Okay. Never would have gotten that. No. Here you go. Duquesne. So there's a Duquesne player. There is a Duquesne player. Hmm. Man, I really thought I was good at this. <laughs> I this feel like is... Jeff every other week. And for those of you that said Cody White, if you're curious, he he was Michigan State, so he was a big sport. really yeah. Did not know that. And it's every week, Brian, not every yeah. other week. And <laughs> I and I am telling you guys, a lot of these players. <laughs> if you guess someone that's wrong, I might not tell you where they went to school because they might be an answer to another one. So okay, Duquesne. I'll give you a hint. Was a linebacker, not anymore. Oh, that's uh, the long snapper, um, Christian Kuntz. That's Christian Kuntz. There you go. Okay. Here, here we'll go a little bit bigger school. This is one that Brian would like, but there's only one of them on the Steelers. Used to be a lot of them. Colorado. Oh, you know I like Colorado. Um, yep. Cordell. <laughs> Joel Steed. <laughs> Oh, it's it's a defensive back. Uh, it is? Oh no, bro, no. <laughs> um, I didn't say that. It's a defensive back. <laughs> it's not Witherspoon. It's Witherspoon. It's a color Witherspoon. He's a, he is a defensive oh, back. He said yes. No, oh, you said it you is. Said no. Like it's. I said it is. No, oh, I was agreeing with you. Oh, I thought oh, you were. I, you were like. Hey? Totally agree with you, Brian. Three, I thought he was saying that. Ready? Florida Atlantic. You should know this one. This one's easy. I do know this one, and I, I, I can't tell you. Um, he was a darling, but not anymore. Mainly because oh. of the player we just talked about. James Pierre. James Pierre. That is correct. Florida nice. Atlantic. Here we go. I love this one. This is the reason I did it. I'm hoping Jeff knows this one if he if he reads his own articles. <laughs> I read my own articles. Bemidji State. Bemidji what? State. Bemidji State. 
if I read my own articles, I wrote this article yep. and I don't even know it. <laughs> yep. I don't well, know. Well, you only wrote part of the article. Your name's just on you it. You wrote the other <laughs> Bemidji State. This is the whole reason I started this whole thing. Bemidji. This is the next to last one, just so you know. Yeah, my son Timmy, he's uh he's going to Bemidji State in that. Bemidji State, so, yeah. Bemidji. The fighting Bemidji, midges, Minnesota. Fight, fighting midgets? Of is Bemidji it Minnesota? State? Is Bemidji State in Minnesota? Yeah, well, Bemidji's in Minnesota. I assume Bemidji I State's in Minnesota. I've never heard of Bemidji. Uh, you that's where <laughs> Robin Shabosky pretended to be from when she went to the Vikings bar. <laughs> she was from Bemidji. So Big Shiner. Big Shiner. Mm-hmm. Nope. Actually, I have two more. I, I've had oh, one I missed. Geez. it. Ready? Uh, ready? It's Gunner! Uh, oh, Gunner Gunner O, Gunner O, yeah. So, so here's here's another one, um, because I I had this written down and then I moved stuff around and I missed it. You ready? This this is a good one. Where'd it go? Southern Utah State. <laughs> Gravy. Southern Utah State. Najee Harris. <laughs> not no, no. Um, no clue. Buzz Nutter. Okay, that would be Miles Killebrew. Oh. And last but not least, there's two players from this school. Oh my god! I want you to see if you can name end. both of them. Both of them um, played for the Steelers last year. Significant snaps from North Dakota State. Tushka. Tushka. North Dakota wasn't talking. Nope. Played so much it cost the Steelers another comp pick. It was uh Joe Hague. Yeah, Joe yeah. Hague. Joe Hague. I didn't know he went to North, he Dakota, was North State. Dakota State. So um that was just a little bit of fun. The other thing I was gonna ask you guys, there there's three schools that are tied that has the most players from them on the Steelers with four. Do you know what the, what what those three schools are and who the players are? Four I'm going to say Alabama right away. Alabama. That's one that has an asterisk next to it for me. Because of J.C. Hasnauer. Because of J.C. Hasnauer, which is funny because even on the Steelers' site, they have him listed as a as a exclusive rights free agent but not actually on the roster, which to me tells me they, they exercised it. He just hasn't signed it. So it's, it's Hasnauer. Who are the other three? Najee. Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace and, and Minka. And Minka. Okay, so that's Alabama. That's one. Maryland? No, they only have – is it two now? Because those guys aren't on the roster anymore. That they okay. Keep yeah, because Antoine Brooks isn't on the roster anymore. Yeah. But Michigan State. You are almost Michigan, right. Michigan. 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 Zach okay. Gentry, Chris Wormley. Gentry. Chris Wormley. Chris Wormley. Uh, Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Dang it, who am I? Anthony Miller? Nope, it would be newly acquired Mason Cole. Oh, oh that's yeah. should have known that. Should yep. Have known that. Okay. Yep. And then there's one more that has four. Someone in the in the live chat said Wisconsin. No, they only have three. Because Joe Schobert's gone. Because Schobert's gone. You're right. Penn State. Oh, I don't know how many Penn State has, but it's not. It's oh, not I know you have Marcus not, Allen and Pat Fryermuth. And I think, I think it's, it's just Fryermuth and Allen now, okay. right now. And Notre Dame has two. Come on, Jeff asked about this. 
I think I asked about it. You already asked this one. This one set us up. Oh, what Ohio, question did you Ohio ask? State? Yeah, it's Ohio State. Oh, I thought I thought there was no There's Ohio Staters four. since they haven't. Four. Only one of them was drafted by the Steelers. Okay, so well, that's Cam. why I was. Cam, Cam Hayward? Of course, Cam, yeah. Cam? Come on. Anthony Miller? No. Where did Anthony? Somebody tell me where Anthony Miller went. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give you just a minute. I'll let you know. <sighs> okay. But you guys really don't. He went bro? to Sheboygan State, Brian. He <laughs> didn't go to Bemidji. You know. uh, didn't go to Bemidji. Come on, Bemidji's a great one. Come on, guys. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah. I forgot he's, he's on, on the, the roster. I'd be really surprised if you get Malcolm Pridgian. Oh, no. Malcolm Pridgian, yeah. And then there's one more who was a practice squad player last year but was a starter other places before that. And that would be John Simon. You say uh, that like we're supposed to. Oh, of course, John yeah. Simon. Like I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even know John Simon was on the roster. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> didn't know he was either. Yeah. Um. And, and for the you wanted to know about Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is one of the several players from Memphis. Ah. Which there's actually from, three from Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, because now the uh, the new addition, the new Avery. Is, yeah. So uh, it's Anthony Memphis. Miller, Gennard Avery, and Arthur Mallette. And don't forget about former Memphis Steeler D'Angelo Shondon Williams. Shondon, nice. And didn't Tomlin coach at Memphis? Um, I know John Calipari did. I don't know. Yeah, and it was so did uh, Butler. I think that's. I think they had a visit. So did Feetner. Feetner, yeah, Feetner was there too. Yeah. All right. Anyways, that's everything. Sorry, that's okay. I told you I had a lot of trivia. That was, that was a lot. You're you're the one who set it up with the Ohio State question, so that was good. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they had drafted a lot of Ohio State guys. They haven't since 2015. Doran Grant. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do final thoughts. Brian, go ahead. I am not a grumpy old man. A lot of people think I am when it comes to holidays that I consider to be amateur hour. I consider New Year's Eve to be amateur hour because. Everybody's out partying. The real clubbers, they stay home because they don't want to be in that mess. That's the same way I feel about St. Patrick's Day as well. I also hate Valentine's Day for the fact that a lot of people on Valentine's Day, you know, that's for the amateurs. Me, I'm going to go out and get somebody, get my wife flowers on August 45th. You know why? Because it doesn't matter the day, I want to get her flowers. I don't need anybody telling me that, hey, you got to go get flowers on that day. Tomorrow for me, you look at the calendar, it is amateur hour. It offends me as a person that thinks that he's funny. He might not be, but that anybody tries to play jokes on April Fool's Day. So I'm announcing it right here. If I'm going to trust my good friends, Dave Schofield and Jeff Hartman to let me know if the Steelers do sign a player tomorrow, because there's going to be plenty of honey badger signings tomorrow. The Steelers are going to make a trade of a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo tomorrow, because some idiot is going to go ahead and put it on Twitter because it's April fool's day. I'm taking the day off boys. Wake me up on April 2nd 
which is one of my Steeler mentors, birthdays, my late uncle, Anthony, where you get the Anthony from Brian Anthony Davis in there. So wake me up on Uncle Chip's birthday. Very nice. Dave? Thanks for the reminder, because, yeah, very simple. If you see the tweet that sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Just click on where it's from and see how many followers they have. A lot of people set up dummy accounts, make it look like it's Adam Schefter or someone like that. That's a really good point, Brian. Uh, to me, I just I was sat here thinking tonight about we don't even have the new players from the draft yet. That is when it really gets exciting even more. But I was thinking tonight, I can't wait until August. And the Steelers going to go out to their first preseason game. Which quarterback's going to get the first, you know, the, 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 the first crack at things out on the field? How's it going to all play out? I can't wait to see the these newly acquired pieces for the Steelers getting some game action to figure out and try to see a little bit more what we can expect for this season. Yes, the Steelers are going through some transition. Yes, you could sit here and you could nitpick this roster to pieces. Yes, you could also look at it as the potential that it could be and say the sky is the limit. Until they get out there on the field, we could see what they can do. I can't wait. Unfortunately, we've got, what, like five months until we get there? Well, now it's four and a half. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just excited for the potential of this team coming up. Let me just say that as the senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, you will not see any fake uh, or funny <laughs> articles uh, tomorrow. And we, we just, I'm not doing that. I never have, no. never will. So um, there will be websites that'll think it's funny to write an article or to do a podcast about this. Idea. That is not our style. That's not what we're going to do. So if you see it from us, we verified it. We have checked into it and it is actual news. So just a little uh, note there. So, all right, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right, folks, we'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy.